to the Australian Herpetoculture Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. And I'm your co-host, Luke. How you going, mate? Mate, I'm feeling fantastic. I've been sucking on one of these margaritas for the last little while now. Uh, no, feeling really good and I'm really excited. So, yeah, nice. what's been Ooh. changing. Little celebration drink, is it? Well, every day is a cause for celebration, mate. So, <laughs> you know, not that I'm having margaritas every day, but that'd be nice. Um, yeah. No, I'm starting to feel a little bit more settled in the new place. We've made a lot of progress over the last week. We're just getting furniture into the place and making it feel nice and homely. So Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. It's really good. What about you? How you been? Yeah, good. Back at work now, doing the, the whole work thing and, you know, over it again and trying to think of something else and just trying to work out what I want to do. So, yeah, pretty much the same with me, mate. Pretty much the same with me. So, yeah. Yeah, this week, last week was a bit of a shock going back to work. I think after having that week off, it was kind of nice to decompress for a bit, even though it was pretty stressful. It was nice to not have to deal with so many people face to face. But yeah, I don't know about I mean, you, but I'm like, I'm, I noticed it today. It's really quiet at work. It's been, yeah, it's heaps quiet where I've been. I've been back for probably, I only was only locked down for the two weeks. But yeah, it was. Yeah, a ghost town pretty much. Like it still is today. There's not many guys yeah. there. The freeway's busy though. The freeway's a lot busier than I thought it'd be. The last yeah, yeah. last week or so, it's kind of um kind of really picked up. So I was a bit surprised by that. That's crazy. Yeah. So no, I um watched your latest video, mate. You almost lost your olive python the other day when you were moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't much fun. So, um, Tell you what, how lucky is that? But the, I, I'm very lucky because, unfortunately, me being me, I've done that twice to the green tree pythons, um, and yeah. not been so lucky. So, you know, human error at its finest again. I came home after moving animals all day and doing bits and pieces, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'll try to clean the olive enclosure out and the jungle enclosure out. They're those gigantic uh, URS plastic vivariums. Yep. I'll get these nice and empty and I'll, I'll bag up the snakes and then I'll move them in the next morning. And, uh, yeah, got the call for, for dinner and I was really excited because uh, what do we have? Oh, I was like um, uh, schnitzels and snooties and chips and, you know, pretty much pub food and there's beers on offer. So I was like, you know what, I'll go in and <laughs> enjoy that. Yeah. Came back out and I'm like, look, I just took one look at the enclosure and I've gone, oh, shit. I'm like, okay, he's still not in here. Where the hell is he? And I can see this like rustling. Yep. Like, okay, he's still <laughs> close by. At least I can track him. But yeah, no, he was had half of his head in a bag. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, how lucky is that though? Like, yeah, you could have. It could have just been. Yeah, it's gone. He, he could have been like, up and over the doors, the same as the uh, same as the greens. I'll tell you what. That's one thing I am looking forward to is you know living in this unit. At least it's pretty tight. You know, worst yeah. case, you'd be in the lounge room or something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> not looking forward. Or I am looking forward to that and going, you know what, my animals are pretty secure here. I don't have that yeah. kind of runaway worry so much. Yeah, I'm kind of the same, although I've got a, like a little hole in the roof where I used to have the air conditioner um, in the room and I'd have the exhaust vents that have gone out the door and have it just or out a window and have it just gone into the roof and out. Yep. But apart from that, if I close that little hole up, it's like nothing can get out. Like there's like no gap under the door or anything. So if it something gets out, it's stuck in the room. So I'm pretty lucky as well. Yeah, I think that's something that's pretty important. 
you know, like yeah. especially if you're anything like me and you can be a little bit clumsy or forgetful at times. You know, I was in a bit of a flurry that, that particular day, so it yep. doesn't take much to get me in a flurry either. So, Yeah, so I'm, I'm like paranoia. So if I have an enclosure, I'll check it three times, make sure the locks are shut. Even though I know I've locked it, I'll go inside the house. And my mom's like, did I shut that enclosure? I'll run back down and check to make sure I sell because when I had all the geckos, I'd do the same like because they were all exoterrorists. I'd click them all in and I'd wiggle both doors to make sure they wouldn't go. I'd do that to every single enclosure. I probably pissed off all the geckos in the enclosures. but And then I'd get up so I'd be like upstairs and I'd be going, did I lock all those enclosures? And I'd quickly come down and double check them all again and then I'd, I'd go back off to bed. So. Yeah, I definitely know that feeling. I'm usually pretty good with it as well, to be honest, especially with the yeah. exoterrorists. So I think it's that like that nice snap sound. You go, yep, it's locked. Clicks yep, in, it's yeah. locked. Yep, it's there. But yeah, I don't know. Every now and then you just you just fuck up, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It happens all the time. Like you don't realize it's so human. easy to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had I had some of the um, a different brand. I can't remember. Rep, Reptazoo maybe it might have been. Yep. I think they were. But they had a real annoying latch. Like you had to pull the latch down and hold it to open the door. Like they look similar yeah. to an Exoterra. I used to have a bunch of them, but I just wasn't a fan of that latch. Like sometimes you could push the – if you had a bit of sand get stuck in it, you could push it in. The latch wouldn't pop back up. So, you know, if It's like a spring-loaded latch. Yeah. And, then you know, something pops that, that door, you can basically lose everything again. So, mm. you know, yep. it's one of those no, things. Yeah. But, yeah, I just – yeah, I don't paranoia all the time. I check everything. It's like that though. Like I think, like especially any of those terrariums that do have their own locking mechanism of some degree, it's a really important feat on any enclosure or any yeah. terrarium in particular. So really nail that. Like yep. yeah, some of those ones. I think I got a couple of enclosures off uh, Kyle when I got some geckos off him, and they were like the same sort of thing, like that little spring lock, and they were hopeless. And eventually, like, yeah, the right. spring would bust out or something like that, and you'd end up having to, like, wedge a toothpick in between the lock or something like that just to keep the little bar up so then it actually kept the doors locked. And Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, these things aren't going to last long here. Yeah, because I remember before I bought a bunch of exoterras, I was looking for an alternative to see, you know, what I could use because they were so expensive. But in the end, I was like, you just can't really beat it. Mm. The way it locks and everything else, like, you physically lock it. Like, it's not like a... Yeah, like a spring-loaded clip that could fail easy. It's actually you've got to clip it. I mean, I'm sure the locks can fail, but, you know, they're less, they just, for, to me, they didn't seem to fail as easy as the other ones. So, How often did you ever replace an Exoterra lock? Never. Exactly. I've replaced the screens on the top and the, the plastic bits, but that's it. That's all I've ever replaced in an Exoterra and a door on one. Yeah. But that was, that was my fault. That door broke. <laughs> what'd you do i was carrying it i didn't lock it and the door swung open ah uh, crack it didn't ouch. didn't shatter just cracked yeah so but obviously because it's like it was cracked into basically three pieces you could basically almost pull it out so yeah yeah just got a spare one yeah well that's the beauty about exoterra as long as um you know well actually pretty much any pet shop in australia at least like the big chains they could yeah. even order those parts in for you. Well, they're not going to have them on the shelf, of course, but no, they right. deal with it. They definitely deal with a supplier that's um, bringing in Exoterra's pet pet specific. Um, yeah, oh, it's easy to get Exoterra parts, but I've never replaced anything on an Exoterra. I think apart from a screen lid, because I yeah. think that's their that's their biggest downfall. You know, if I'm going to be critical on them, that screen is pretty shocking. The new ones aren't too bad. I don't know about the the ones on the frog enclosures, but the newer style clip, the spin clip, mm. 
they're a lot better than the old style push in ones because they obviously over time just go brittle and you yeah. pop them in and they just snap. So I yeah. had like three quarters of my enclosures just had black duct tape yeah. on the top to keep it down, a little bit of silicon in where the cord holes are so nothing could get up and get stuck on the tape. So Yeah, that's the same as me. I just use like a black, black cloth tape or gaffer tape or something like that over the yeah. top of it just to really lock it in. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, apart from that, yeah, yeah, it's the only things the the screen tops that I've had issues with. But even then, if the if the actual plastic bits are all right and the screen was at fault, they sell a similar screen at Bunnings. So you can go and buy the similar it's like a fly screen almost, but it's stainless steel or aluminium, I think it might be. And you can just get literally cut it, pop it in, put the rubber fly like a rubber holder back in and you're good to go. See, I've been thinking about that for a while because that was something that I was like, you know what, I might actually replace a whole bunch of the, the actual screen itself on a lot of these enclosures. I'd, yep. um, I'll have to have a bit of a search for that. Were you just using like a standard kind of window frame spline for it as well? You literally just reuse the one in it. So basically oh, okay. you buy it like all you do is buy the mesh. It's got yep. like if you next time you pull one apart, look at the top and it's got like a rubber tube and it. it's pretty much the same that holds in your fly screen. It might even be the same size. Yeah, that's what so I'm thinking. If I'm going to yeah. take it out and cut new pieces, I may as well do new a new um, spline in there as well. Yeah, just have a look and see what size it is. But yeah, yeah they've pretty much got the exact same mesh there. Cindy got me onto that from um, OCD Reptiles. Yeah, yeah. So lovely lady, Cindy. Yeah, because I had a few that were damaged just from mis- misting systems, and you know, I had a f- yeah secondhand ones that were damaged or were light holes were in them and all that kind of stuff. So just swapped them out and they're good to go. Yeah, so I've got a few that I don't think actually require like the Miss King mounts in them anymore. But because yeah. the Miss King mounts in there and I'm like, I have seen those adapters that you've had on um, a few of your enclosures. They were like an electrical fitting or something that you were using to block in. Oh, like to plug the, it up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just use like a, it's a screwed adapter basically. Just plugs the hole up. Yeah. But, you know, like if they've got a little bit of rust on them, I'm like, you know what, I might just um, take it all out and refresh it a little bit. Might not yeah. be a bad idea. I mean, yeah. I mean, it works at the end of the day, so, you know. Why not? Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, no, I do love the Exoterras. They're probably my only, only other graph I have is that they're only 45 deep. Yes. That's, yes. that's the only other thing, so... Yeah, I actually saw that on Instagram a couple of days ago. Somebody was having like they tagged ExoTerra in it, and I was like, "What the hell? Why don't you make sixty deep enclosures or something like that?" Like, yeah, like, oh, the age old argument. Yep. So yeah, but, yeah. I'd definitely be getting a whole stack of those if they were sixty deep. Oh, same here. Yeah, definitely, especially the larger ones. Not so much the smaller sizes, but the larger sizes. Yeah, I think once you go to like two foot wide and above. It'd be good yeah. to have that kind of two foot deep as well as an option. Anyway. Yeah. It might be something to do with strength though, being, you know, glass and I think it will be. Yeah. And I think that's why they they don't want to do any bigger is because it would get it would become too expensive. Yeah. And that, that's their kind of thought is, you know, maybe not enough people will actually actually buy any of it. Yeah, more than likely I'd say. Yeah. I have to get you around uh when you got some sp- Spare time, so finish those alterations to the apartment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can fit more tanks in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to hassle you on air now just to make sure that you uh, actually come around and give me a hand because I've got no idea what I'm doing. Just take I work with wood. Maybe, right? <laughs> I work with wood, not live wires. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> yeah, so for everybody wondering, I have these gigantic industrial fans in all the bedrooms at my place and, uh, yeah, Jason came around to, to help take one out and put a smaller fan into into its existing spot just so I could fit tanks a little bit higher in the actual bedrooms themselves. And, uh, yeah, we just we discovered something, didn't we? Yeah, they were just screwed into nothing. Yeah, which is a little bit concerning because they weighed like a good 15 or at least 10, 15 kilo, I reckon. That was without the blades on it too. Yeah, that's a scary thought. Yeah, and you got one over your bed too, so. Yeah, might need to camp out in the herp room a bit more. (laughs) How was that camping trip? Did I ask you that last week? I think, yeah, I did. Yeah, Ross, yeah, Ross was on. I don't think we talked about it too much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) that was eventful. So, I did it for a few nights just staying up there so I could feed the lizards because we didn't have a mattress in yet. We did have a mattress, but we decided, you know what, this thing's been sitting in storage for too long. We'll just chuck it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I just rolled out a bedroll and a sleeping bag in the hurt room. That was was awesome. You could hear the geckos climbing around all over the mesh screens on the exoterras and the little green stream frog frog was... uh, right near my head calling at 3 a.m. in the morning, which was a nice wake-up call. Is that is it really loud in there or do you think your neighbours are going to hear that? Uh, look, to be honest, like we didn't have much furniture in at that stage and um, where where that room is, it kind of backs onto a hallway as well. So I think that yep. kind of reverberates <clears throat> a little bit down the hallway. So I could definitely hear it pretty good echoing down the hallway. But I think, I think once it's kind of all decked out and, you know, we've got a bunch of stuff in there. It might just kind of kill the noise a little bit. I don't think they're that, that loud. You could always shut the door too. Like that's, you know. Yeah, exactly. When you're there. Yeah, exactly. I leave it open at the moment just because I don't know what the days are doing. So just yeah. to make sure there's a bit of extra airflow into there rather than getting too stuffy. But and you can't run that ginormous fan you've got. <laughs> Not without risk. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Probably blow your enclosures off, mate. Not when there's like, what? four screws into a fairing channel. <laughs> yeah. So for people listening, picture like those ginormous fans in Bunnings that are on the ceiling, not quite that big, but basically in a normal bedroom, it almost touches the walls. Yeah. So the the, the wingspan or the fan span on it, I think it was what, 1.8 or 1.9 meters or something like that. It was yeah. bloody huge. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically, yeah, the size of a human spinning in the fan, in the room. I turned one of them onto the low setting and it felt like I was going to get blown against the floor. Let's put it that yeah. way. So, <laughs> And there were seven blades, seven blades on it, not just like four blades. It was like seven seven or eight blades. So Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I have to get you up there at some stage. I actually took the blades off the, the fan in that like kind of main exoterra herp room as well just so I could already start using the shelves and that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, get you up there at some stage and can help me out. Yeah, uh, putting sounds those in. good. And you got some new books too you sent the other day, mate. Oh, yeah. You're joining the book collection, mate, the book collectors. Yeah, thanks, Taxman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be pretty broke for a while, so I decided to order a few books. I actually ordered, I think I've got six books. Yep. But I've only got two of them so far. I can't remember the other one that I got from Booktopia. It wasn't released yet. I actually want to say it was another one of those um, in the same series as as Scott's. It was like another one of the the Naturalist Guides too, but it was like a new one. Um, was it like a blue? Had a blue cut, blue and green. I have a feeling I ordered the same book the other day. I'm I'm feeling a little bit crazy, but I I want to say it was a mammal book. 
Mammoth oh, Hill oh, actually. Maybe there's going to be a new one. Let me see if I can get onto my um. Because I ordered one the other day from Booktopia as well. Um, it was they come uh, pretty quick, hey. Yeah, although at the moment it's kind of a bit slower just due to COVID. But um, snakes and other reptiles of Australia, Green Guide is that the one? No, oh, that's yeah. not it. No, f- oh, f- field guide to Australian reptiles. Is that the one? No, so it's the Australian Geographics Guide to uh, a Guide to the Mammals of Australia. I did get a mammal field guide. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I ordered a few books the other day, so I've got a big book topia order coming soon. <laughs> I swear that's <laughs> that stack of books behind you gets bigger by the week. That's not even half of them. I know it's not. I've seen the crates. <laughs> well, they're down. The <laughs> oh Jesus! I hadn't seen but, those. <laughs> no, nah, they're all, they're all the coggers. That's and they're yeah. And then there's another container, that side of it, and another container in front of it. So. All right, everyone, we have to start a fundraising effort to get Jason a bookshelf because you should see, he looks like a crazy hoarder. There's just piles oh, of books behind that's him. That's what it looks like, eh? <laughs> it but does. At the moment, the room's empty. I've only got like like literally nothing else in it. I've got a couple of, um, actually, I took all them out. I've got a desk behind me that the books are sitting on, a roll of an old rug sitting there that'll probably just sit on the floor in the middle. I've still got that shelf on the other side, the enclosure next to it and a sink. That's all I've got in here. And then there's just book boxes. So I've been yes. eyeing off an Ikea um, bookshelf. Oh, yeah. Which one? But I've been on Ikea like every day this week. So. It's the um, it's a black one, obviously, to team with a team with yeah. a theme in the room. Of it's got doors on it as well. Oh, okay. I thought maybe having the doors, I might be able to keep bugs out a little bit Yeah. compared to just yeah. having an open bookshelf, even if I just get some like, you know, the foam seal. Yeah, I was, I was going just to run some that. of that around it, just so that way it's it creates a bit of a seal. So you know, crickets don't necessarily get in there. And all the books that I've got, like my extra ones, I'll, I'll put them in a container and store them in, the, in the, where they were stored. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of handy having that app. I noticed I was listening to um, Carpets and Coffee, maybe or it might have been NPR. Eric's mm. onto the onto the book app now as well. Is he? <laughs> yeah. He needs to be because he does have like a little library in his in his office there. Yeah, because he was saying like, you know, he's out at the shop and he can't remember what book he's got, if he's got it or not. So Yeah. Because I'd, I'd done that a few times. I was like, oh, do I have that book? And I can't remember if I do or don't. This was like when they're all in the boxes and I bought one and then I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't have it. And I come home, I've already got like two of them. So I'm like, oh, now I've got three of them. So for everyone at home, what's the name of that app? CLZ Books. CLZ. Scott. Yep. Scott got me onto a Scott Harper. So yeah, it's, it's super handy. I think you have to pay a subscription, though. That's the only thing. But uh, okay, um, I don't what's know the damage you reckon on that? I could tell you. Um, it is. I think it's a yearly one too. So it's um, not super expensive, but it's it's what is it? Here we go. It's twenty four dollars, twenty five dollars a year. Not too bad. It's not too really. bad. But if you think of it, it'll save you from buying a double book that you've already got that you'd spend twenty five dollars on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. I think I might have to get onto that when I um. Actually, I've ordered a bookcase too for the hurt room, so I've already done that. It's not oh, nice. going to be anything nearly as fancy as yours because mine's physically going to have to go actually inside of a wardrobe. Yeah. So that's another way that I'm hoping to keep bugs out. Um, but it's like right next to the desk. So I'll be able to just yeah, like okay. slide open the wardrobe, 
door and I'll have a little bookcase there. Nothing too fancy. I think it's like a meter or 1.2 meters tall and kind of just tuck right away in there. But it's, yeah, solely yeah. for all my hurt books and stuff, which will be pretty I think nice. This one's two meters tall. Yeah. I think it's like 800 wide. So basically, yeah. And it's got is two it doors Billy? on it. That's oh, the one, yeah. Is it? Yeah. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting like the small version of that in white yeah. just because the wardrobe is already white. Yeah. inside of it so i thought oh, i'll just keep that white in there if it was on display i'd get black but yeah that's why i thought i'd get black because it'll be um you know you'll see you walk and you'll see it so and everything else will be black i've got no room for bookshelves on the walls in these hurt rooms i need to fill them up full of lizards yeah i mean i'm trying to limit what i have lizard wise and snake wise so i think a bookshelf will take up some space so it'll limit that a little bit more <laughs> yep definitely but see like a worst case i could always just move this wall further over there's a window on the other side of it i could move it past that window still have storage on the back still have a quarter storage for the garage i've got a shed there as well so i do have options if i need them there's always room to expand <laughs> that's right and i've got the area for the turtle pond all sorted now so oh yeah so i can um Start cracking away on a turtle pond. Have you uh, got the old surveyor's spray out there on there yet and started marking it nah, out? Nah, not, not that far, but I know where I'm going to put it. So, yeah, just got to work out the size I'll do and, and everything else. So, and have you decided on doing a prefab versus a liner? I haven't got that far yet. Yeah, I'm, pros um, and cons to both, right? Like, yeah, definitely. Prefab's always the easiest, and you know. You just know you're pretty much guaranteed to have a leak-free leak pond, but mm. you end up with a big box that looks like a pond, you know, like so you have to kind of yeah. do other alterations to make it look a little bit more natural. Yeah. And a liner, at least you kind of get that creativity to it. You can do different depths can, and stuff all over the place. That's right. And, you know, dig the shape of the hole you want and just put the liner in. But I, I think I think the prefabs will work out cheaper as well, depending on how big you go, obviously. like Yeah. And you can get some prefabs that are actually in a bit more of a natural shape. You know, where they've yeah. got like shallow sections and deep sections and stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're, I've got the spot for that all organized and good to go. I'll probably build that and just let it sit for a bit and then work out what type of turtles and and whatnot. So, yeah. One of those people um, that I want to get everything in place before I get anything, have it running for a bit. Yeah. Oh, there's no harm in that, especially when you're talking aquatic life. Get a bit of a yeah, cycle exactly. happening and stuff in there. Yeah. I've, um, don't forget that I've got that filter for you as well. Oh, yeah. That's so, right. So, yeah, I managed to score that off a, off a job site where I was getting torn off. So Sweet. I think at worst you might need a new O-ring for the top of it, but it will right. still, still save you a bunch of money anyway. Yeah. And I've only got it kicking around, so I might as well give it to you and make it go to good use. Yeah. So, turtles. Yeah. No, after that podcast we did, I was, I was keen on some turtles, so. Oh, they are awesome, dude. You won't regret yeah. it. No. I've, I've just I, never had the space for them, so that was always my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing with my turtles yet. I don't think I'm going to be keeping them, unfortunately. So whether you want them or not, worst case, I'll probably just give them to Andrew and Terrence. So. Or worse, I'll have pond space here, so if you don't want to, you know, yeah, well, down I mean, the road. So. Depends what you want, though, right? Like, I don't know if you've got fancier tastes and you want to go for something a bit more extravagant as far as turtles go get some cool i've got work. something in mind but yeah do we'll you? see oh, i do i do 
not really they're probably my favorite yet. turtle not quite yeah we'll see how we go they're, they're my probably one of my favorite of the turtles so i'll bug you off air then yeah i'm pretty sure i told you you probably did we talk a yeah. lot yeah we talk a lot of shit i forget heaps of shit too <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny when you were around the other day and it was like the first time we'd seen each other in a while and we were both just like our our minds our mouths were going quicker than our minds you could just tell they were yeah. so happy to see a hurt friend <laughs> yeah just talking shit the whole time. No, that was good. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I'm thinking about trying to keep my blue tongue and my Cunninghams at the apartment. You could do it in your on your on your thing out, I reckon. You could have like a veggie. A That's veggie exactly what I'm thinking. Bed. I was thinking about it today. I was actually looking at Bunnings. There's like a a veggie a veggie bed that's like a corrugated iron veggie bed for like 150 bucks, I think it is. And it's like an yeah. L shape. So I've already got a couple of veggie beds there and um, I'm thinking about doing that and then kind of just having like a hutch or like a, a, a hide in the middle of it where the kind of two ends meet. Yeah. Just in, just in case the lizards don't get along having a divider in it. So then they've both got a hide still but they've got both like a, a run as, as per se. But um, yeah, I kind of put it to the wife today. I was like, so what do you think about having a couple of lizards on the on the patio? <laughs> she's like, say? she's like, it's gonna look nice. And I'm like, I'll make it look nice. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. She's like, I mean, well, you... I suppose. She's like, I just don't want them getting loose. And I'm like, well, either do I. So. Yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Not so worried about the blotchy, but the uh, the Cunninghams can be a little bit sneaky. So. Yeah. So you're um you're taking over two bedrooms. You're taking over the the back patio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking over everything just yet. I've got, I've got a fair whack of space there, but, you know. Yeah. She's decking out the lounge room. She's on all the websites now looking at all these, you know, fancy pillows and decor and whatever. She said, what do you think about this? I'm like, if you like it, it's yours. Yeah, you do. I'm not do arguing it. at all. I've got pretty yep. good pretty good access to keeping a lot of my animals here. So, yep, no, happy days. Yeah. No, it'll, um, yeah, it'll be good. Once, you, once you're in there, you'll be stoked, I reckon. Hmm. Yeah, even just being able to stay up there a few nights a week now comfortably because we we got the couch and TV unit and all sorts of gear in over the weekend. It's um it's really starting to go along, come along. Oh, yeah. do you know what I did get started? No. I got a worm farm started. I think you sent me a picture actually. Yeah, a little mini one. It's nothing too yeah too crazy, but got my thousand was it five hundred or a thousand worms or something like that? A in thousand there? worms from Bunnings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. Sort of it's got. like a it's like a mix of species too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one I've got. So, but I um, I was cleaning up some stuff in the yard the other day and found a bunch of worms and chucked them in this enclosure as well. Yep. And I found some of the um roly polies as well. Collected some yep. of them, so I'm going to try and breed breed those as well so to chuck in the enclosures and clean up all the. Have a little bit more cleanup crew, so it's kind of because I had a bit of old wood laying on the ground. So I, I looked at it, and I'm like, "There's definitely going to be some under that." So I went and got a old empty cricket container, sat it there, flipped the wood, and just quickly scooped up what I could scoop up before Randy they disappeared. So, yep. put the wood, put a bit of wood back somewhere else on the yard on a bit of dirt. So I wait, wait a little bit and do it again. So, oh, it's the only way to do it. Hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, springtails, you can, you know, you can get them off people and buy them and they're a little bit easier to culture. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how I go with these guys, see if I can get any. 
You know what I just realized? <laughs> we just like completely went off tangent as we always do. We didn't even talk about the books we got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like looking funny. at the books. And I'm like, we didn't talk about these. No. No, so, yeah. tell everyone what book you got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're talking about collecting our own cleanup crew. How yeah. crazy times are. No, so anyway, back to the books uh, at hand. Did you get any books this week? You did get something, didn't you? Yes, I did, but I can't remember what I got. <laughs> um, what did I get? I'll have a look. Hang on, I took some pictures. Okay, so well, while you're looking for that, I actually picked up a copy of Frogs and Reptiles of the Murray-Darling Basin, A Guide to the Identification, Ecology, and Conservation by Michael Swan, which I'm pretty excited about that because that's I don't know if I've actually got any information about that particular area. And I also got a field guide to the reptiles and frogs of the Perth region by Brian Bush, Brad Marion, and Robert Brown Cooper and David Robinson. So pretty stoked to have both of those. And, yeah, I ordered... Oh, that book looks familiar. Yeah, Jason's mm. already got. How many of the copies of that one have you got? Just two. Just two. So just two of the <laughs> frogs and reptiles of the Murray Darling Basin. Yeah. Doesn't I'm matter what book I buy. Jason's like, oh, here you go. I've got half a I've dozen got of this one. One of the the Perth one, but I bought that ages ago when I was going over to Perth for work. So I thought it'd be pretty cool to chuck in the work truck while I'm out yeah. working, and if I find something I can identify, it. didn't find I much though. I don't think it was that expensive either when I bought no. It. No, it's not a bad little field guide. It's got the plastic cover on it. and Yeah, it's got enough to pre- protect it there. That's um, looks like it's by uh, the Western Australian Museum as well. But, you know, yeah. I started to have those and I went online and I bought all of um, Gunther's books. That's right, yeah, because I remember, yeah, I think I sent you the link. Yeah. They're um they're good those ones. You've got the hardcover monitor one though as well, don't you? I do, but I wanted I wanted the other one as well because he was saying yep. that that's kind of like the updated version of of that. So yeah, while I had but, the money from the tax man, I thought I may as well spend it on some of these sorts of things. Exactly, exactly. I just got a I just checking my email to check my book order, and I just got an email from Ospay saying my Booktopia order is being prepared. That's exciting. So, yeah, that's a separate one, which is strange. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because if they don't have it in stock, they send it out in two orders. Ah, uh, okay. So, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, because I ordered about six books, I think. Just a and small week. Just a small one, you know. They weren't. Yeah, they're all relatively cheap books, though. I had to laugh last week when uh, you know we were talking to Ross and. Uh, not not that many people might know this, but we kind of we can change our names on this screen as we're recording these episodes. So we always kind of have try to have something different each week. And uh, Jason's last week was no, I did not buy more books. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, bullshit. And that was actually when I ordered these books. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm pretty keen. I got um, I'm just trying to find the confirmation. There we go. I ordered. A Naturalist Guide to Reptiles of Australia, which I think that is a similar book to Scott and Ty's series, though, like it's in that same series, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, but it's got like a, yeah, it's a little bit different. And I've got a field guide to Frogs of Australia, which is one I don't have. Um, I've got Lizards of Australia, Field Guide to Reptiles of Australia, Green Guide to Snakes and Other Reptiles of Australia, and Australia's. Dangerous Snakes, that's quite a, a large-ish book, yeah, that cool. one. 
and then bloody Scott sent a link to a book sale the other day and I was like, oh, I clicked on I'm like, nah, I can't. I've got a few other things I need to get. So I just had a look and got some in the cart and then thought twice and didn't didn't pull the trigger. So when he sent that through, was that his purchase order? Yes, that was. That was a big purchase order. I can understand yeah. why, because it looked like he had a hell of a good title, amount of titles and stuff in there. But yeah, there's a lot there's of. Money some fantastic. Have you been on that Andrew Isles um, page? No, I never. There's some fantastic rare titles on there. Like if you just go on there and type in reptiles, there's some of the books are like two and a half thousand dollars because they're, they're yeah. just super rare. But um, but yeah, it's good if there's some hard books you can't find and stuff. That's always a good place to jump on, and you can find one here and there. But I'll have to um spend a bit more time on there and just see, have a bit of a peruse. But yeah, I just I don't know. There's something about I love reading books. There's something about it. It's always I good just to have. Like, I don't sit down and read nearly as much as what I'd like to, but I love being able to just have the option to go. You know what? I'm just going to pick up this book for the day sit down for a couple of hours or something, enjoy the sunshine and yeah. just have like a really good read and a good flick. Well, that's what I used to do, but now I do it when the kids go to bed or not so much yeah. at the moment, but yeah, usually we'll, like me and the missus will both read. She'll read a book, I'll read a book. Yep. And um, obviously my book's a little bit different than her ones, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it's good. But I, I that's one thing I miss about magazines, not having magazines anymore. Yep. I used to enjoy ordering the magazine and getting the magazine sent out, reading through the magazine and all it's that. It's nice but, having yeah. that subscription too because like, you know, yeah. you like yearly subscription or whatever and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a new month and you've got a new magazine to read and, and check out. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's a shame that, I mean, I hope it went for a little bit but um, I just don't think there's, there's just, it's not worth the money really, I don't think by the sounds of it. Magazines are a hard, of, fickle world these days. Yeah, everyone's everything's unlucky. You can just get magazines online now. I know there's um, Herpticulture Magazine, I think, from yeah, the US. Yeah. Um, like that's just an online magazine. Um, you can, yeah. But I, I just don't enjoy reading it on a phone. I know, but you can order their hard copies as well. Like yeah. they just that's more of a print as you buy kind of setup. I think. I, I think it's like. You know, our hobby is still relatively small in Australia. Yeah, so, that's know, right. May, maybe if we were to give it another five to ten years, it might be a little bit different. So you might find there's enough people there to actually want to do it. I don't know because I know magazines have been tried and, you know, from a few different people in Australia and like you had Scales and Tails as well as iHerp and stuff like that. So Reptiles Australia and. Yeah. Yeah. There was Reptiles Australasia been- for two episodes, two Episodes two, um, two magazines, and then that yep. was kind of the end of that. So. Yeah, it's yeah, bit of a shame because, but you know, not everybody's into books these days as well, and a lot of the younger generations and stuff coming up now probably appreciate it even a little bit less. I'd say, yeah, just as a guess. Oh, well, the magazines are another thing to collect now. Yeah, exactly. I have to sit down. I'm actually going to look forward to putting this bookshelf together and, and putting it out there because I, I haven't actually sat down and gone through my scales and tails to see what I've got, what I'm missing. And it'll be good to have them all, you know, lined up as they should be in, in order. That's, I did that the other day. So I went through my scales and tails and I went through my um, Reptiles Australia magazines. 
Yep. And so I just got to double check with Reptiles Australia, but I'm pretty sure I've got all of the Reptiles Australia. I've actually got double of all the Reptiles Australia. Mm. Um, but there's a few scales and tails I'm missing. I think I'm missing. I've got to see what the last issue was. But so I th- the last issue I have, I think, is 45. I don't know if it went higher. No, 46. I don't know if it went higher than 46, but I'm missing 32, 33, 34, yep. and issue 44. But I don't know if it went higher than 46, but I've got all the other issues. I've yeah, actually right. got doubles of all the other issues as well. So, mm. And I've got all the binder, most of the binders as well. Yeah, so I don't, I don't even have any of those. I've only got scales yeah. and tails. So I, um, well, obviously, I when I started keeping was when Reptiles Australia was around. So I actually got a subscription to the Reptiles Australia magazine. Um, I think it was from maybe volume two, maybe onwards, and then it kind of yeah. But obviously, like you can add these into the app as well. It's a little bit like you can't just scan the barcode, but um. I've taken pictures of all the covers and added all the magazines in as well. Oh, that looks good. So it's kind of like handy. And then I've got them in like, I'm, I've got them in all like series um, things as well. So I can see what I've got, what ones I need. So the ones that are in black are the ones I need as well. I can, yep. It's pretty handy. Just snap a picture and you add it in manually because you can't scan the barcode on them because they've got a different barcode compared to the ISBN barcode on the books. Yeah, okay. Oh, fair enough. I'm going to have to get this app. Yeah, it's handy. You can do a trial. But the good thing is you can back it up to the cloud as well. Like they've got like a a cloud backup. So, Oh, look, like 25 bucks a year, as much as that's, um, you know, it's a bit of money. Um, oh, it's telling me to update it. I've already got it. You might have downloaded it but not actually... I haven't used it. I definitely haven't yeah. used it. I'll have to log into it. Um, yeah, no, I think it's handy because, like, even when I was in the territory with Danny last and we were looking at some reptile books in, like, a little bookstore there, I was just like, oh, I don't know I've got these things. And I remember I saved myself a few bucks by not buying some books there. Yeah. I came, came home and I was like, oh, I had half of them. <laughs> you know, so. Well, that's exactly right. That's a handy thing. Yeah. And, you know, if you like, because there's, there's still a whole bunch of the coggers I don't have, so. You know, you can you can even add in it like <clears throat> um, ones you don't have, and you can actually select say non in collection or on wish list. So you can actually click on your wish list and see which ones you're missing out of it if you're in somewhere and you find some. So yeah, it's pretty handy. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. I think that 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 kind of helps offset the wanting to keep more animals. Just having the books. (laughs) Yeah, well, instead of buying an animal to feed and house and do all the rest of it, you can get that little bit of uh, excitement out of a new bit of new book, right? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And it's good when the new releases come out because you buy it and you forget, like when you get them on the pre-sale and you forget about them and then, you know, you get this this package rock up on your door. (laughs) So it's good. I enjoy it, yeah. But it's just I just love reading too. That's the other thing as well, you know. Helps expand your knowledge a little bit more and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll check this out. I don't know if you're going to be able to see that. So oh, is that your your camera? Yeah. So this is the live feed from the Exoterra room, as I'm calling it, or the uh, the Australian Herpetoculture Podcast um, studio, one of. 
Um, but you can see that brown tree snake's just out on that branch. Is it on the tree? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was. I, I thought that's what it was. I couldn't quite tell if that was it or not. It's a little bit blurry coming through the camera, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked with this room. Hey, like I've spent a fair bit of time wiring it up and stuff like that, and it's still not finished 100%, but I've uh, yeah got so much grid connect gear now. Like, I feel like as I was moving, I was like, oh, I need to get another two power boards. I need to get this. I need to get that. And yeah, no, I feel good about it now. I've got all my all my heat on one circuit, all my UVB on one circuit, and all my LEDs on one circuit too. So I can really muck around with how much UV animals are getting, how much heat and how often. And, you know, then I can, instead of having to like shut down all the lights and all the power, if it was to get a little bit warm, I could still like leave the LEDs, for example, on. So they've still got like a daytime spectrum as such yeah um and then yeah i can you know still flick the power off when i'm not there i've got to still hook up the temp sensor but i'm really enjoying having these cameras hey because they've got really good infrared on them like i know yeah they're pretty that was a pretty i could see but yeah that was a pretty um pretty clear picture considering i was looking at it through a webcam yeah yeah like it's it's awesome what's the price for the camera for one of those cameras that's cheap too it is so cheap. Like, I mean, I have I've got another camera that's not. I think that was the Orion one. Yeah, it's the Orion one. Um, I, I bought another camera from JB Hi-Fi ages ago. It was like one hundred and sixty bucks or something like this. This is about maybe two years ago, but it does all the exact same things. Yeah. The only the only thing that this one's got that I really like as well is it's got movement detection. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit annoying if you're in the room working because like your phone every like five minutes goes brrr because it's going, you know, yeah. mo- movement detected in the exoterra room. Can you, you can turn it off? You can turn it off and you can muck around with the settings and stuff. But because I'm just yep. not there as often as I'd like to be, at least now I get a notification to say, hey, somebody's in your room or whatever. So it was kind of funny the other day when I was having the fridge delivered and I forgot my wife was there to take take delivery of the fridge and I had a notification to say somebody was in the room. I was like, holy shit, who's in my house? <laughs> I quickly flicked it on and I saw my wife walking around looking at the snakes and the lizards and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> not so bad. <laughs> Is it one of those ones you can talk over as well? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, get back to work. Where's the fridge? <laughs> so um, no, that was really cool though. But now I spent heaps of time like uh, plumbing up the Miss King and that, hey, like I you would have seen it when you were there. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, like I like plumbed it, like like screwed it really really tight or, or zip-tied it really tight to the rack so it's like really discreet. Yeah, and okay, yep. It runs along the floor near the the back door that goes onto the courtyard and yep. it's like all underneath those like cable tidy door steps and stuff like that so you can't see it really and yeah, I'm really stoked with it, dude. It's been a very long long process because you're not just kind of slapping a few tanks in and whacking the lights on it's like you know yeah. you're wiring them up properly and doing the missing yeah well once you set up you can just sit back and enjoy it too that's the other thing well i was already looking at it yesterday and i was going you know this is looking really fantastic because i finished like i finished the fimbria build um, finished another few bits and pieces and I'm looking around, I'm going, oh, God damn it, there's still 10 enclosures to do in this room before it's finished. <laughs> you know, like it's and you not... finish the Boyd's build too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm 90, 98% there. The only other thing I want to do is add a few bird's nest ferns in there. So I've, I've managed to get some small bird nest ferns from, um, 
from Bunnings when I was picking up some other essential, actual essentials for moving yeah. house. Um, so yeah, I managed to get a few of those uh, today to put pop in. But no, like the lizards are in, everything's in. I'm really stoked with it. How it looks. Yeah. Looks are you good. just are you planning those, or are you tying them up to um to something? Planning with in moss. I was going to plant them. I, w- I don't know. You kind of got me questioning now whether I do that because it, <laughs> it worked the last time I did it, so I could do it. Um, but I was planning to put them in that crevice. Yes. Oh, well, that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's a little bit more soil and stuff like that, and a bit more purchase in there for them. So yeah, yeah. there's the, this awesome crevice that kind of wraps around the whole enclosure that originally was built in mind of actually using it as a bit of a planter and. And being able to plant some plants in there, and so far I've done a couple of like little bits of wandering dew in there, just as like some sort of like vine to kind of just look cool in there. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'll put them in the crevice rather than tying them onto the branches, just because the boids are so all over the branches, they'll probably yes, just end up trashing yeah. them. No, that's not a bad idea, actually. I didn't think of that. So now my guys have found they've all found their perching spots now, and staying in those perching spots. I got one guy that likes to get near the LED and he turns the LED light on and off all the time. So <laughs> I'll have to put a cage around the LED. I wasn't too fussed because it's an LED. Like he can't can't burn himself or hurt himself on it. But not um, that one yeah. either. No, no, not that not that one exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty pretty funny. <laughs> I come in one day I'm like, why is the light off? I'm like, that one's on a timer. I'm like, the timer's on, the other light's on. What's going on? And then I look up and I can see that he's he's like he's obviously managed to push the button and turn the button off. So I might have to put a cage around that light just to stop him turning it on off and on. <laughs> I've got so much light on my boys' enclosure. Hey, because you've got the UVB in that one LED strip, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've dimmed that- the LED strip a little bit because it's super bright. I was, it you is. know, a bit, a bit kind of concerned that it might be a little bit too bright. Yeah. So I've got four down lights. And a UVB bot, and the same UVB tube that you've got in yours that get your pet right, sixty centimeter, seven point Yeah, um, right. But those LEDs are the same ones where you can kind of knock them back spectrum, so I can go. Uh, yeah. I think it's thirty two hundred, sixty four hundred, and seventy two hundred or something. No, it's not even quite that high. It's like no, three thousand, four thousand, sixty five thousand, sixty five hundred. Yeah, so like, yeah, three, yeah. Five two maybe or something I think I can't remember. Yeah, the basically just your domestic downlight. Yeah, yeah, just like the nine dollar jobby from Marlick from Bunnings. Um, but yeah. what I did do that I don't think I told you about actually is I ended up replacing the center one that's dead center in the enclosure, and I put in a um, I don't even know what brand it was, but it's one of the ones that connects to Grid Connect, and it's like a, a, a dimmer. Yep. So I've only got it set to a spectrum, but if I want to just kind of like have a little bit of light in there or you play around with colors or something like that, I can now log into the app and just kind of have it on like super, super dim or something like that. So it's like a bit of a night effect almost. Yeah. I just thought that might be cool just for a little bit of controllability. If you find you're never using it too, you could always stick a computer fan or something there just to get like a bit of circulation. Yeah. As well. I'm, I'm planning to do that. Um, through the back vent near the UVB light, I've got a yep. couple of fans kicking around that I want to I want to put onto there with a um. Uh, I've got the Inkbird thermostats, the ones that have got like the cooling. They're a Wi-Fi yep. connectable thermostat, but they've got like a cooling um, system on them as well. 
And uh, yeah, I want to chuck that on there. So when it, when it does get a little bit warm in particular, you can just keep the fan on. Could always just wire them to a DC power supply and plug it onto your grid connect. Yeah, true. And you can turn them on and off whenever you want, set timers. Well, this is where I've got a sparky <laughs> mate. So when, when you're coming around to fix these fans up, you can also fix my points fan. <laughs> actually, no, so, yeah. I, I, I could actually just do that, to be honest, because they're, they're already – these ones actually you have just got a straight plug, so they've got a plug oh, yeah. in the transformer. So I'll just plug them into the grid connect and do yeah. that. That's Good not to go. a bad idea. Yeah, then you can just set the timer through the grid connect and um I'll have a spare plug there somewhere as well. I just have to find out where I've left it. But I know that there's yeah, well, a spare spare plug on the grid connect somewhere on one of the on that wall. So I'll uh, I'll be able to do that. But I can't believe how cheap they are. I went and bought one the other week. It's only the cheap one because it didn't have the larger one with a dedicated um outlet and the four timers. So just I think it's just all of them. Mm. But yeah, it's forty bucks. So it's basically the same price as a normal power board. Yeah. And you can control it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think it's well and truly worth its money. Like I think I've probably spent close to uh, five or 600 now on Grid Connect gear. Yep. But in saying that, I've, I've th- those big power boards that have like the completely independent um, switches, I think I now have maybe seven or eight of them. Yeah, um, and that's that's because I've also got three of them alone on my reef tank, um, and then I've got like obviously the cameras, the humidity and temperature sensors, and the hub and stuff like that as well. So there's a few extra bits and pieces there to kind of kick on and off. Um, but no, well and worth well and worth its money. Like at the end of the day, like think about how much money you spend on these animals and you spend on building enclosures and all the rest of it. Like, what's to exactly. go that little bit a little bit extra further and and get some good gear on there that you can control. Oh, it's just peace of mind, man. Like the amount of times that I used to go to work on a hot summer's day and go, oh, I didn't muck around with the timers because usually I'd have like, you know, maybe the lights come on for four hours of a morning and on yep. for three hours of an evening and now I can control everything so easily. Yeah. It's all well, I've kind of just set my UV for the boys just to come on for like, I think it's like two to three hours in the middle of the day. So essentially like if they're in the rainforest, the sun rises, they're not – unless they're in an open area, they're probably not really going to see too much of the sun until it's kind of midday and it's kind of basically coming straight through the trees. So yeah. kind of set it up for a couple of hours a day rather than blare them with UV all day for 12 hours, whereas the LED comes on basically follows the um, the light cycles outside. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, like you don't need to be using that much power on them. No. Especially something like Boyd's. Yeah. Like it's... um. That's the thing. Like, I'm trying to make my hobby uh, affordable as well. Like, as much as these animals do need a lot of these things, you and don't fun need to be too. Yeah, yeah. It's about upping your game a little bit, I find as well. But you know, like UVB, that's a that's a perfect example. The animal's not going to use it for 12 hours a day nonstop. So why no. need? Why would you give it access to it for that long a long a period of time? Like, sure, it's good. You know, it's good for the animal to have the option. But if you've got it on for like Let's say you're just turning it on for three hours of uh, mid-morning and three hours of an afternoon where generally most of your animals are actually going to be physically using it at those sorts of times. Exactly. You know, it's not a bad bad thing to do. And then you're also making your, your globe last a little bit longer too. Yeah, that's right. You're not cranking it for 12 hours and you burn through 12 hours worth of life. life. Yeah. So, I mean, I still, have, still wouldn't mind getting a UV meter though. So, 
I've got to bring mine home from work. I think once I'm settled in and I'm kind of a little bit more comfortable in this place, I'm just going to bring it bring it home for a bit of a tinker. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I had a. Uh, I think I sent. You've probably seen it. I had the new logo the other day for the Instagram and Facebook. Dude, that looks unreal. Yeah, unreal. No, I have to give um, give him a shout out. So I was yeah, I was because I've always wanted to do one. Like I remember years ago, I was like, oh, I've got a picture, but it's cool just to have a logo, and then I could you know print off some shirts and magnets and stickers, and you know, yeah, send some and such a high quality logo and, too. Yeah, so if you're on Instagram, you can either check out my post and see the tag, but check out Serpent Aesthetics on Instagram. Um, basically, it's like a cool little cartoon of a chameleon gecko. So, you know, that's, he's uh, sort of hand-drawn and Luke Glendenning, I think his name yep. is. Yeah, yep. Luke, yeah, that's right, Luke Glendenning, yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I had to use my favorite gecko. So The old you know, chameleon gecko. Cool. Yeah. So I was playing around on... Um, Red bubble, trying to get get a couple of shirts underway, and so all yeah, that kind can. of thing. So get I'll definitely have to get one. Yeah, I've got to get some of yours. So I keep yeah, spending money okay. on books, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. So I need to get more of my own stuff. Yeah, it's just good to wear around too. I'm loving this hoodie though, so I'm going to give it a quick plug. But if you guys are after some merch, you should jump on to um, Teespring to the Australian Herpticulture Podcast. We've got a link on our on our Facebook page there somewhere. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it. on the Instagram too. So yeah, yeah, it should be. Yeah, I know Josh picked up a hoodie and he absolutely loves it. Yeah, that looks nice and warm too. This thing's so cozy, dude. It's probably yeah. like one of my favorite hoodies now. Like it's like a legitimate thick hoodie, like super, super cozy. The material's super soft. Like it's just the perfect lounging hoodie. Yeah. That's what you want. Like it's it's good. So I'm putting it just knock up a few of mine and doing the same, just kicking them around the house, getting some for my son, because he'll love them. So my daughter as well. But um yeah. But no, I was stoked by that logo turned out. Oh, that's unreal, dude. I um uh what did I? I didn't realize, but Luke had actually tagged me in a couple of Instagram posts. He did. He tried to do his own bird's nest fern, like on a branch, like the same as I did in my um, Cornutus enclosure. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice that he tagged me in it at all because I'm like illiterate on Instagram, basically. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I quickly shared it to my story because I was like, "Oh, this is this is really cool." Um, yeah, and he reached out and we, we started a bit of a conversation and stuff like that. He's actually got some really awesome enclosures. Horse, and he's got awesome photographs as well. Yeah. On his Instagram. Yeah, no, he's um, uh, he's definitely a natural style keeping guy. That's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, no, I was stoked with the logo, that's for sure. So, it's good to see this. Like, I don't know, just Coop put up a video on YouTube the other day of reacting to people's enclosures. Yeah. I watched that one on my toilet break at work the other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but no, it's good to see there's some absolutely cracker enclosures getting about now. Did you notice a certain theme of them too? Yes. It was all, all basically all naturalistic. Yeah. It was good. Everyone's yep. having a crack at making backgrounds and everything. It's good, really good. Yeah, everyone's having a bit of fun with it, that's for sure. But it was so yeah. cool to see so many people keeping, you know, their animals or, you know, trying to do a little bit of work with their animals and keeping them a bit more stimulated, I suppose. Mm. 
yeah, there's some cracking stuff, cracking bits and pieces there. I noticed you got a, an enclosure or two on there. Yeah, I managed to sneak <laughs> a couple in. Yeah, so the uh, Strophora ciliaris aberrans, they got their their little feature. That was my first tile pointing background build that I put together. But I love that enclosure just because of that that plant that ever yeah uh, it looks common, everlasting or whatever that little shrub with yellow yellow little button flowers all over it just looks unreal so yeah it really makes it pop and i also got my new oedura fimbria build in there as well yeah that that was the one that i i kind of got really inspired after seeing his pygmy python enclosure build i I tried to do something somewhat similar so yeah no that was really cool really really cool yeah, and I saw um, his post and I was going to send one of my, a couple of mine, and I was like, I saw a whole bunch of boys once. I was like, I'll just leave mine out. <laughs> Should have, man. Should have just nah, done it. Right. Speaking of boys, did you see the amount of photos that I just sent through? Not yet, no. My phone, I, my phone. as soon as I get home from work, it's on silent. Oh, okay. So no, the only time I, I see a notification is if I open my phone and see the um, the little number. My phone's always on silent, so I'm just used to it being on silent. I just I reply to messages as I see them or whatever. I'm I'm hopeless with my phone. So these these photos, uh, these are actually courtesy of Matt Somerville. So I I put a call out to the group chat. I was like, I you know I'm making this feature length Boyd's Forest Dragon build enclosure build video. It's going to be probably close to an hour long. This video, um, which is a pretty pretty crazy feat in itself. Um, but yeah, I put a put a call out there to see if I could get some wild shots of Boyd's and stuff like that from the the keen herpers in the group. And Scott came through with some awesome goods as well on on a private message. He he hooked me up with some really good photos. Then yeah, Matt gave me a a link to go and find all of these and all the habitat That's shots awesome. and stuff that he's How got there. The habitat unreal. shots, yeah, phenomenal. So um, yeah, it's just unreal photos. Hey, I would love to, yeah. to see that in person. Same here. I can't wait to get up there. Yeah. It's unreal. I, I really just rate that. And it's like, yep. I, How's I, that, I, um, that that tree root coming all over the rock? Oh, I was just looking at that one too. It's like a big fig tree or some sort. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah, it's some type of fig, I think. I feel pretty good now after seeing all those. Like, Not that I didn't know where the... Boyd's came from or anything like that, and I didn't have any habitat habitat shots to go off. Yep. But after completing what I've done, I've gone, yeah, I think I pretty much nailed it. So, yeah, pretty happy with that. Yeah. No, it looks um, yeah, they're awesome pictures, hey. What did you end up using tree wise for for your Boyd's? I used a ficus benjamina. Yep. Some. Maiden hair fern down the bottom. Yep. I've got another type of like a native type of fern down there as well. And I've got a palm in there as well, but I cannot remember the palm. Yeah. It is native to tropical Queensland. It's oh. is that maybe a banana palm, maybe? No. Is that a yep. palm? Oh, I, I think I can't I say I've heard of that. No, I think it might be, maybe. Um, I just had a mental blank on how to spell the word banana. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought of that song and that's how I remembered to spell it. <laughs> and that, um, <laughs> what's that song? 
Uh, yeah. Are you going to sing it for us? No, nah, <laughs> definitely not. No, it's not a banana palm. Um, I can't remember. I'll have to try and find the tag. I've got the tag somewhere. It's. Um, I'll have to go back to the local nursery where it's from. But um, yeah, it's a it's a native one as well up to that area. I try to keep things relatively native, and I've got a few little like um, there's a oh, actually some of these um branches that I've I've got are actually starting to sprout leaves and stuff. So really, just the branches. Pretty cool. Yeah, I had that in my chameleon gecko enclosure as well when I had that all set up years ago. The That's branches started awesome. to spout, sprout new little leaves out the side and stuff. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's um When you yeah, went looking cool. for your branches, what did you actually look for? Like did you look for like a style of branch in particular? Not really. Just kind of more straight up and down branches than anything else. I've got one in the middle that kind of bends a little bit, but I, I know they like to perch on relatively straight, yeah. straight branches. So I just kind of went anything that was on the ground that was relatively straight, I just kind of took and had like lichen and stuff on it as well. So yeah. That's what I was mainly looking for is like branches yeah. that had that kind of like mottled lichen look to them. And I also yeah. wanted those kind of uh, not like overly rough branches. I wanted some stuff that was kind of that smooth smooth sort of texture. I don't even know how to describe it over. It's like, like your typical rainforest. Yeah. Like, yeah like tree it's basically it's covered in lichen and stuff and it's smoothish but it's pretty much dead straight almost until it gets yeah, up to it's, the it's still got a canopy. little bit of texture that the animals can actually use like my guys yeah. don't seem to have a, a drama at all using them like they look right at home um, yeah but yeah i love that kind of mottled look with like the lichens and stuff like that over them i think that just makes it pop a little bit more yeah and i try to pick sizes that they'd kind of use for the size they are now. So once they get a little bit bigger, I'll use put the branches in the same same spots, but I might go a slightly little bit thicker branch. Leave yeah. leave leave some of the smaller ones in there and use some thicker ones as well. Yeah. So that way because they're only I can't I can't remember how old they are now, but they're not they're not fully grown yet, so still got a bit of growing to do. Yours are about the same age as mine, I think. I think so, yeah. They'd be I about eighteen so. months old now or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I've got it. It's in the message somewhere, but I could dig through it and find out. But basically, the bodies are kind of like about the size of my hand, almost. That's got to be about similar to mine, I reckon. Yeah, mine might yeah. be. Yeah, mine would be about that, I reckon. Like, yeah, top top to bottom in the enclosure, they're probably about mine are probably about 30, 35 centimeters, including tail. Yeah, pretty much same as mine. Yeah, yeah. My female's looking really chunky. Hey. I was about to say that. <laughs> you sent me the picture. I'm like, yeah, my female doesn't look like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was looking at it the other day on the branch and I'm like, you can't be gravid. Surely you can't be gravid. Like you're too bloody small, but yeah, she's looking pretty chunky. I'm not. You this. She looks, I'm like, what, I'm in the picture. I'm like, clearly one of those lizards is eating all the food or. <laughs> no, they both get the same, but you know, I'm just thinking like maybe she's decided I don't know. Maybe maybe she's going to pop out a couple of early eggs. Yeah. Look, I wouldn't be complaining because I love these animals. And as long as she's okay doing it and she's happy doing it, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Especially if it means I get to keep a couple more because <laughs> not that I've got the room, but, you know, it would be kind of, kind of cool to have another girl, I reckon. Yeah. Just yeah. make it a trio. So you just got a pair, yeah? Yeah, I got them off yeah. coop. I yeah, uh, I had the male for maybe a month, and then I was like, oh, yeah. I've got to get a girl. 
I they're cool, hey? They just look just like cool. dinosaurs. My son loves them. He comes in here every t- – like, because I come down here every afternoon, just yeah. check on things and stuff, and he's always in tow and got my daughter, and he loves them, tries to find them and see where they are, and one he knows where it is all the time because there's pretty much in the same spot all the time. Yeah. And then tries to find the frogs and this and that. So, yeah, it's like he loves it. That's so good. You should, yeah, and like, especially when you get a few more critters there, maybe a few geckos or something involved there, you'll be able to come down with a little head torch and teach him a bit of eye shining or something like that in the herb. Yeah, well, now it's starting to warm up. The frogs will probably add a little bit yeah. of nighttime as well. So, hopefully, get the mist. I've just got to plumb up. I was going to plumb up the misking into this tank they're in now, but I might wait till I get uh, a bigger tank set up for them. Yeah. And do that and try and work out locations and racks and everything else i've kind of got like a rough idea in my head with where i want everything so are you still going to do them in an exoterra when they're bigger or are you going to try to do more of your pvc style enclosures um i've got i'm not too sure i think that they'd they'd go well in the pvc um but yeah i think everything else except for maybe the frogs will probably go in pvc yeah unless i go a really large enclosure yeah. Then I might do it out of form ply just so I could have a, a larger door on it. But that's it. but even then I um Josh sent me a picture of his he just got one the other day. He sent oh, me that a picture of it good. all set up. Yeah, in the white. I was like, yeah. I was never a fan of white enclosures, but the white actually come up pretty good. So Yep. I'll um yeah, I don't know. White's obviously not my thing, but but um yeah. That looked that I can't remember the size he got. I can't remember it looks what size big. It was. Yeah, it looks. Like, I have a feeling it might have been. I can't even remember now. He did tell me. I have a mental blank though. So. <laughs> um, well, it's got even. the it's got the two separate doors on it, right, with the brace in the middle. So it's got to be a pretty decent size if they've considered doing that. Yeah, definitely. I tried to find the picture, but I can't seem to find it. So I'm going to have to I'll start to follow that Jugart whiskey on Instagram, so I might have to order some whiskey as well for the podcast. <laughs> I, I need to get myself some of that. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I just saw you have a sip of something. <laughs> I've just, I was shaking the bottle around. I've just killed a bottle of uh, Shivers Regal 12-year. As I said on a previous podcast, not my favorite whiskey, but... um, Not the whole yeah. bottle tonight, just you just finished the bottle. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I've had, <laughs> I think I got a little, the last kind of like two or three two or three drinks out of it. Yeah. After my margarita too. I might have a headache tomorrow. <laughs> Are you working tomorrow? Yeah. Nah, that's funny. It's okay. I work in a fish shop. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so I can't even find the picture that Josh sent me. Oh, well. But no, it looked, it looked really good. He ended yeah, up no, on his might... Facebook page. Oh, maybe that's where I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably, you're probably right actually. Something I thought he sent it to me. I've Man, during the day, my phone goes crazy. So. <laughs> yeah, it's but, his first um, post on his page. That thing looks huge. Yeah. I, I think that. it's a... That's a 4 by 2 by 2 Oh, sorry, 4 by 2 by 4 That Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, 4 yeah. foot, 2 foot deep, 4 foot high. So mine's... What's mine? Two... I can't even remember mine's. But yeah, that's a massive enclosure. Yeah. So... Looks really good, nice and clean. Yeah, it actually does look quite nice in the white. I think you know, like I don't know about you, but my lounge room's got a lot of white furniture in it. So I think if I ever got rid of the 
if I ever got rid of the reef tank or if I got over doing the marine side of things, maybe I should look at doing one of these PVC jobbies for for the lounge room and maybe that could be like a big Gillen's enclosure or something or maybe a big one for the Tristus or something like that. See, I'm even rethinking building a form ply one now looking at that. That's not too bad with the double doors. They've done that nicely. They've really yeah. done that nicely. It's it's like as much as there is like a brace in the middle of it, it's just so clean mm. because it's all out of one piece of form ply on the front that it does look really, really, really nice. Yeah. I wonder what he's putting in that. He hasn't said on the post what he's putting in there. Nah. He, I've, he's, he's been messaging me quite a bit about, about it. But, um, I wonder if Mango is going in there. Maybe. You know, Mango Maybe. is a uh, central netted dragon. Yeah. That'd be a hell of a dig for a, a central netted though. He's got to have something bigger at play. Yeah, I think, I think he might do. He might have a little something in the, in the works, I think. Either way, Josh, that is an epic-looking enclosure. Yeah, so it well, is. well done. I'm um, pretty chuffed with that. And not to mention, he actually mentioned the podcast as well to TNR Reptiles. Oh, awesome! And he, and he got a discount. Beautiful. Yeah. So even better. Yeah. So, so if you like PVC, like me, shoot him a message, and it's good because you can customize the sizes too. That's what I like about it as well. Yeah. Yep. Like, especially because I'm pretty tight on space, so I'm trying to work out like enclosure sizes and you know what I can do and what I what sizes I have and and what. Especially for so, you, you could fit fit like a whole wall of enclosures into one area and and have them all customized to size, and you know there'd be no gaps or anything like that. No, no, I'd literally go floor to ceiling in enclosures, yep. like literally enclosure touching the ceiling. Yep. So, no, um, that'd be epic. Yeah. Guess what I'm I My wife doesn't listen this far into the podcast because she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I think your sister listens though. <laughs> you could be in trouble here. Oh, I haven't been yet. So. No, I'm usually, I'm pretty open with her. So that's like when I was talking about the turtle pond, like we'd spoke about it like ages ago because she loves turtles and frogs. Yep. And then she's like, so are we seriously doing this turtle pond? I'm like, yes. Yes, we are. She's like, okay. And then she goes, takes me outside. I think we can put it here. I'm like, done <laughs> don't Give argue the location i will do it <laughs> yep so oh that's awesome i'm even thinking you know how i was talking about that uh garden bed uh blue tongue kind of hutch thing going on yep i'm even thinking about doing that outside but kind of having like a little outdoor seating area in amongst it so i have like the the, the run essentially going around the outside of a outdoor setting so you can kind of just be sitting down having your morning coffee or whatever and just watching your bluey come out and have yeah. a bit of a morning bask like it's but you could even do like enough plants and stuff in there that it wouldn't look like uh, like an enclosure so to speak like someone looking oh he's got plants in there like exactly you know and i'd be i'd be a... doing like bits of bush rock you know i'd yeah. make like a nice little hide for it and doing like some of those oh, what are they called it's like I'm going to butcher this. It's like La Tundra or La Mundra or something like that. They're like little grass tufts, like native grass tufts and stuff like that. You can just do yep. a bunch of those, a bunch of short grevilleas or something like that. I might not actually kill a grevillea if it's outside. So, <laughs> you know. But um, speaking about plants, this is an awesome segue that will lined up. Check this out. You're not actually going to be able to see what that is. That is a giant bag of spinifex seeds. Oh, Really? Yeah, so I've been trying to find Spinifex 
um, like the actual plant for sale because I, I, you know, as much as you can go and rip one out from Western New South Wales, I don't think that's necessarily the best thing to do for such a ancient sort of plant. Um, but I found a place in WA that physically sells seeds and posts them to you. So I've, yeah, right. I've, I didn't realize these were going to be so many seeds. So <laughs> <laughs> there's three different species of spinifex here. So yeah, I've right. got, uh, I'm actually glad there's heaps of seeds because if I kill them, then I've got plenty more to grow. There's uh, Secunda, Wysenia, and Pungens. They're all Triodia. Triodia. I've butchered all that Latin. But yeah, there's three different species of Spinifex there that I want to start trying to grow a little bit just so whether I can do it in a terrarium or not, I don't know because obviously they're super, super deserts. Desert plants, but even if I could grow them to the extent of then drying them out and putting them in a terrarium, yeah, and then having them as a bit of a feature like that, then I reckon that'd be pretty cool as well. Um, Is there any instructions on like what they require, like soil types? And I have done a little bit of reading into um, into certain ones, and it sounds like they're really easy to germinate because yep. I suppose that they're, you know. They're the kind of plant that they need to try to germinate underneath, uh, under any sort of condition, really. Um, but a lot of them are like, you know, you basically put them in damp sand. Yeah. And, and then they, they just seem to go. So, you know, I'm just going to do a bit of trial by error and start planting these things in little pots around my courtyard and stuff like that and see if I can get some spin effects actually growing, which would be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, something different. Hey, like there's another thing I, I wasted my tax money on. Thanks, tax man. But, um, <laughs> I've still got to do mine. I, uh, yeah, I got that. And I also got got these seeds. They're ficus brachypoda. So I believe they're a native ficus to WA. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. So I thought I'd get those started because most ficuses I can actually keep alive. Um, and then I also got these seeds. So these are. I'm just going to say that and not even bother saying the Latin name of it. You can all Google that if you need to. Uh, it's the tiger snake vine. So this is actually another another vine that has pretty awesome looking leaves to it, but it's got a really interesting flower that's like a really black and yellow contrasty kind of dangly flower on it. It's um, yep. definitely give it a Google when you, when you get a chance. But yeah, I thought, you know what? I had to kind of make up an order. As much as these, I didn't realize, I honestly, when I say there's a lot of Spinifex seeds here, I've got like almost a couple of hundred grams of Spinifex seeds. So, <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. They look like small pillows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd uh, give it a crack and see what happens. And, you know, like uh, um, I think Rick put it out to me. He's like, I really want to see like a, a Galliardus tank. Yeah. Like a proper bio with live spin effects galliardus tank and i'm like I could give it a crack you know that'd be yeah <clears throat> even a like a an elder eye kind of oh yeah well he'd be frothing on that effects. if i could figure out how to keep him alive in the terrarium yeah because he's got heaps of elder eye that'd be um be a bit tricky with a bioactive i mean there's things you could use but yeah I just don't know how you'd have to go with lighting. And then, yeah. you know, obviously, like, it, it'd be trying to 
trying to keep the soil damp enough without keeping the top of it damp. Yeah, yeah. So I reckon it would almost be a case if you'd have like a feed tube or something down into the bottom of the soil that the Eldorite yeah. can't access. So whether you use like a tube similar to what I do with a bit of sponge or something in the top of it just so the geckos can't get down it or whether you have like a tube that kind of just runs up a back wall or something like that that you can feed from outside the enclosure. Yeah. So then you can kind of pour a bit of moisture underneath the soil rather than on top of on it. On top. Yeah. That's what I've started doing a lot with my my aberrans tank just so the top of it dries out a little bit more because now that I think that the plant's actually rooted in pretty well, I just try to feed the water down into the bottom of it so then it can just wick it up. Yeah, rather than sop the sand. Yeah. How old are you uh, Celiaris now? I don't know. I reckon they Fourth. might breed this year. Yeah. So I was going to say, you're going to put a lay box in there. There's a built-in lay box in it. Oh, is there? Yeah, I in the back. back you got you got to go and watch the video again, don't you, mate? I don't have enough toilet breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that particular enclosure, I, I built a little lay box into the back left-hand corner where there's kind of like this oh, removable okay. removable rock panel and the rock's got like a little circle cut out in the top of it. And it's basically just sand and coir peat mixed one-to-one yep. in that lay box. Like that's pretty much what Rick said that he used. So I was like, okay. Well, similar that's- to your tree snakes enclosures. Like you yeah, very, very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did that there, but to be honest, like the substrate's pretty deep over that whole enclosure, so they could go anywhere. Yeah. I, they'll, yeah. If it's, they'll generally try and go where it's moist, so. Correct. But if, if the sand's still moist on the underside of the That's sand, right. then they might still they go to there still. too. Yeah. So who knows? I'll just chuck an Elliot. Elliot, the young guy at work, he just finds golden tails just walking around his parents' enclosures. And he's just like, oh, there's another one. <laughs> you know, like they just pop out of the ground. That's what used to happen with my um couple of my leaf tails. I used to just leave the leave the eggs in there to do to do their thing. Come in. Yep. You know, however many days it was later. I wouldn't even know they'd laid the eggs in some of them. And then you just see babies in there. It was, that, to be honest, that was like it was pretty unreal, like seeing seeing that babies hatch out in the enclosure so i think that's the ultimate feeling because not only do you not know they're there so then you're not not kind of like um you know expecting eggs or you're not watching eggs or anything like that but it's like yep. the ultimate surprise you know you're like oh there's a baby oh sweet i got a new lizard and like how good's this this is rewarding to say that the environment's that right that i can incubate eggs inside of it and everyone's happy sort of thing I was always worried about cleanup crew eating the eggs, but never yeah. really, never really happened. So I don't worry necessarily about cleanup crew so much. It's more like any rogue crickets that might have access to those eggs, yes. and they might kind of consume them and go from there. Yeah, but um, yeah, never never saw any signs of it. So, but no, it was pretty cool to open the enclosure and see see a baby leaf tail just. First, I didn't know what I was. I'm like, it looks like a woody. I haven't thrown any woodies in there because <laughs> I didn't feed woodies. I'm like, oh, hang on. And I was like, oh, crap. Got the torch. Turned the torch on. It was good. But oh, I had a bunch of enclosures already set up, so just pull it out, stick it in the enclosure. So it's um, it's definitely handy. That's I've got a whole bunch of empty exoterras at the moment that I'm planning to kind of have up and ready before I get too many eggs out. Hopefully, um, just so that I can have things to to pop a few animals across into. But, hey, you you jogged my memory there. So, speaking about eggs, I don't think I told you this yet. No. 
I think I added this into, I don't know if I added it into the notes and that I sent to you or if it was the one oh, that actually, I sent I remember seeing something. Hang on. I saw something about eggs. So long story short, I've moved most of my stuff, right? So the only animals that I've actually got left here at my in-laws, I've got Loki, the mangrove monitor. I've got my frill neck, my Kimbo, my gill and I, my snake rack, including my Stimpsons, my children's, my waters. And I've got the turtles and the bluey and the Cunninghams. And usually this time every year, I get eggs out of my children's python. Yep. So I've moved house. I've moved my empty incubator. And I come home last night and I'm like, I haven't checked the children's python in a couple of days. And I just leave them together. So I put them together at the end of April. See you later. I'll see the eggs when they come. Like I do nothing. Children's this pair of children's python are that easy. I like see the hide and I'm like, that hide looks like it's been moved around. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> somebody's been shimmying that hide. And they're both in there. I just crack it up. Have a little peek. There she is sitting on a mountain of white gold, basically. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you little bugger. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So tomorrow night or, or Thursday night or whenever I end up going up to feed the lizards next, I think I'll have to take them off her and take, take them up, up with me. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. It's exciting though, because last yeah. year her, her eggs looked like garbage. Like she spat them out, and they, I don't know, they just didn't look calcified properly or something. So this year they're looking. From what I can see, I haven't really disturbed her at all, so I've got no idea how many are there. There's probably at least six or so, but they look really nice and white and well shelled and stuff. So oh, that's good. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I bet you are. Yeah, I always get a good kick out of breeding it breeding some snakes and things my green tree pythons don't look like they're doing a hell of a lot or I've got no idea what's going on there. So it's kind of exciting to have these these happen and I usually just sell them to the shop. That'll that'll cover an electricity bill or two. So oh, that's good. Yep. That's good. Yeah, no, there's, there's nothing better than seeing eggs really. Like, you know, it's... I don't even care what it's out. from. No, that's right. It's it could be fun. the most boring gecko or whatever hatching yeah. out and i'm like this is still awesome this is still exciting to me like it doesn't doesn't bother me whatsoever exactly but um yeah no i saw yeah i, I read the question i skimmed i saw the eggs i, I didn't think anything else. i saw eggs no incubator i was like oh, i yeah, didn't think anything of it yep. because we hadn't spoken about it i didn't like yeah nothing clicked i was like oh yeah cool i thought it might have just been like we'll just talk about it. what do you do if you have Snake on eggs and no incubator. Yeah. But, um, you know, I didn't know it was you the coffee eggs. eggs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe uh, if you go back and listen to some of the NPR episodes, they're like, um, Owen put his eggs in the incubator and didn't even turn it on. <laughs> oh, that story about that with you, they were coastal carpets or something. I think they? it was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he put them in there and they took like 90 days to hatch or something yeah. like that. He that's couldn't work awesome. out why and then he didn't turn the incubator on. So, I mean, that, yeah. that goes to say something really like, you know, that's a long time, but still got... I, I wonder about that too, hey, because obviously their weather patterns would be a lot different to where coastal carpets come from, I think. I could be wrong there, but being in Pennsylvania, I'd imagine that it's generally cooler throughout the year than what it probably Pretty would sure be. sure it in. snows there. Well, it does. It does yeah. during winter, definitely. So it'd be a lot cooler than where the coastals are found. Yeah, I just don't know what their kind of like springs and summers are like, but... yeah. Even still, it sounds like it would, in general, be cooler than 
than Brisbane or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was, I always had a chuckle and heard that one a while ago. So, it's something I'd do, I reckon. Because <laughs> half the stuff I've bred over the years, I didn't use incubators for. It was just like, it was all basically on some sphagnum moss in a dark cupboard. Check them every, every couple of days. And the community yeah. geckos would take like 90, I think some of them were like 115 days, I think, yeah. to incubate. That definitely weirded me out this last season gone when I got my first few few leaf tail eggs. So I was like, this just feels wrong. I'm like, it does, just, doesn't it? I've got them on a bookshelf down in the, the family library sort of thing. And I just go yeah. and pop my head in once a week and crack it and make sure there's a bit of air exchange. I'm like, this is just not right. <laughs> yeah, it just feels weird. You used to like setting up, you know, incubators and, and everything else. But what what um, medium did you use? Did you use so I still moss or? No, I didn't do that. I still did them over water, like the same as what Rob would do. uh, Sorry, with um, Mark's little tubs. Yeah, so I've got stacks of those tubs. I've got about a dozen or or more of them. So I just use those for everything. Um, Occasionally, I might put something different in the bottom, like I might put some water crystals or some um, perlite or something like that just to stop the water splashing around a bit. But I just generally do everything over water these days. Yeah, yeah. I never tried. I just always did my leaf tails and command geckos on moss. Yeah. So I found it worked. So why change it? Exactly, and that's why you see guys like Rick. Rick still does everything in vermiculite. Yeah, everyone's got their ways. If it works, like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. So Sorry. I think I remember having a chat with him years ago about using the those incubation trays, and he's like, "No, nah, I'll just keep doing my way." I'm like, "Yeah, fair enough." Like, yeah. It's broke, don't fix it. He gets he managed to hatch geckos out, so that's the main thing, dude. At the end of the day, exactly. if the baby's coming out happy and healthy, then what does it matter? Exactly, exactly. So I know she had a little thing there about Miss King Talk or something. Yeah, so I I, I scrolled through my messages. I did get a message from a fella. Uh, I want to say it was within like the last two weeks or so. Um, he was really keen really keen to hear a little bit more about Miss Kings and how they actually work and function. I'm not sure if he's actually found any more information since then, but he did want to, he did did actually request that we speak a little bit more in detail about Miss King systems in general. Yep. So I, I don't know. Do you want to kind of start off? Where, where should we start with Miss King talk? Should we start at the reservoir? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, probably. I mean... Well, the reservoir uh, yeah. leads to the pump, right? So there's kind of multiple parts to the Miss King that are obviously vital. Yeah, so you've got your – basically, I've just got one of those. It's like the yes, buy them from Bunnings, the same one that you've got. It's a handy pail. Um, yep. I think it's like 20-litre bucket, I think it is. Yep. Um, and there's just drill a hole in it. There's a couple of tutorial videos you can find online of how to set up the Miss Kings. Um, I think it's like a 16-mil hole or something you drill through the bucket. And when you buy the starter kit, everything comes in the kit to set up the misking system. Um, so if you're going to buy one, try and buy the starter kit. So basically, you get the nozzle, you get the timer, you get the pump, you get the all the fittings you need. Um, and I think you get, you get a little tube cutter, you get a bit of tubing and connectors, everything. So if you just buy the pump, obviously, you just have the pump and then the fittings and nozzles. Um, yeah, and you just attach the – it's like a – screwed adapter with a seal on it to the bottom of the tub and then i just run a tube out with a little ball valve put a ball valve on the bottom of the um of the reservoir yep before the pump so i can just turn that off 
back before I had water in the shed. I could just undo the tube, carry the bucket out. I've got a rainwater tank, so I just fill it up with rainwater, take it back down, plug it back in, undo it, and then that feeds directly into the pump. And then there's two ways you can set it up after the pump as well. There's a solenoid you can put on. So basically the solenoid just opens and closes. So if you have a pressurized system, the water's not going to feed through the solenoid. You can even do that before the pump, but I'd, yeah, that way the, it's not basically just going to drip water and leak water out of your nozzles. So it basically shuts off the, because obviously if you've got water in the system, it'll bypass through, it'll still push water through the pump. So basically just, it's basically just a, like a, a valve shuts it off. And then, um, yeah, off that you just tee off whichever way you want to go, left, right, up, down. Yeah. As many nozzles as you want. They say I think it's up to seven or something. I it's definitely bullshit, have, I've had heaps of I think I had like yeah. fourteen or fifteen nozzles running off on Miss King. I, I think I capped out at about eighteen. And yeah. that's only I reckon I could have pushed it further as well, but I just didn't have the need for it. No, I think it comes down to how big your enclosure is too. Like a lot of mine are only on like 45 high, 60 high, 45, 45. So I'd only have one nozzle in an enclosure. But yeah. um but yeah, the timer is good. I love that timer, the digital display timer. Um, yeah, that kind of wires in to the pump, and it's also got an output to fire the solenoid as well. But if you don't have the solenoid, those terminals just sit spare. I don't have a solenoid on mine, the the one that I got off you, but I think I don't need it either because the no. reservoir sits low. No. So something I did notice is I did try to at one point sit my reservoir on top of a rack. And that's when you find out which nozzles are leaking really quick. So you, you kind of look across and you see like maybe two or three of them actually just dripping, just dripping. pretty consistently. And uh, yeah. yeah, if you if you move your reservoir down to floor level after that, you fix that problem super quick. Yeah. So I just don't bother. I just leave it at floor level. It's easier to, for me to fill it up rather than lifting a 10, yeah. 10 or 20 litre drum above my shoulders and shoving it into another drum. Yeah. Um, see, I had only had one solenoid and it died. So that's why I thought I had a bunged pump. And then when I put the meter on the pump, the pump was working, everything was working, but the solenoid wasn't opening. Yeah, right. So basically it was just pressurizing and doing nothing. The one thing that I do like about the Miss Kings too versus a few other systems is they're a very hard tube, like being yes. that um, John Guess or RODI line, like it's a, it's a quarter-inch tube that's super, super rigid. Um, so some of the other stuff out there comes with kind of like softer hosing. Like I know the Exoterra Monsoons, their hosing's reasonably soft versus this sort of stuff. So yep. it does make a hell of a difference. The other thing too is obviously Miss King, you have like an actual mounting bracket of sorts. Yeah, it's like a piece of plastic. It's almost like a mounting plate more than anything. Yeah. Um, and whilst it's quite permanent, inside the enclosure if you fix it up that way it also means that it's not going to move around anywhere so like the the exoterra monsoons they've got like a little suction cup which more often than not especially if you've got like a snake or, or a heavy body frog or something like that they tend to knock it out of place pretty re- easily yep um what else does it say about them i mean <laughs> I, i've I never used anything else other than misking so i can't comment on Oh, see, I've I've done a few things. Like I've done DIY foggers using humidifiers and stuff like that. Yeah. Like a fog to me nowadays, I'm just like that's just not practical. It's it that's like a mist that's going to get into the lungs of the reptile versus a rain droplet. So I don't really like the idea of doing fogs personally. Um, yeah. 
monsoons, honestly, they're perfectly fine, especially if you're just running like a couple of tanks or something off them. I don't see a downside to them apart from the fact that they are a suction cup um, stick on fitting, but you could quite easily alter that if you wanted to just drill a couple of little holes in, top, in, in the top of a vivarium or something like that. Uh, the only downside to those, though, is the reservoir is only like four litres. Yeah, okay. So, you know, they do run out reasonably quickly. Because um, that's all one unit, isn't it? Like the, the yeah. pump's all built onto the reservoir. I mean, that's I suppose you, with this, yeah. you can put the pump wherever. And I'm pretty sure that that pump, if it ever crapped itself, you can just pick up those pumps relatively common. It doesn't have to be mm. a Miss King one. Um, you can get the same pumps from like the pump shops and Bunnings and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's, but they are expensive, but, you know. They're worth it. Yeah. I think I think the starter kit's like $500, is it? Mm. They used to be pretty about, about 200 and something. I want to say maybe a little bit cheaper than that for the starter yeah, kit. Yeah, maybe, maybe 380 or 400 or yeah. something around those lines. But then um, once you've got that starter kit, you can just buy nozzles after that and, and more more line, more tube. Yeah. And you can get the tube elsewhere too. Like, you, like oh, I was searching around eight for ages for black quarter-inch tubing and eventually I found a listing on eBay that's been pretty consistent where it's on there for like 20 bucks for 10 meters, which is pretty cheap Yeah. because um, you find some other aquatic shops and stuff out there that are selling it. But I think it's like 50 bucks for 10 meters on those ones. So you can save yourself a fair whack of money. Yeah. by buying it like this. Um, and if you find the right people that have Miss King parts lying around, usually you can heckle them and get a bit of a deal out of them too. So I know I've got <laughs> a bag of pieces that I'll probably end up selling back back, back to Jason yeah. at my place now. But um, yeah, I think that was the best 50 bucks I ever spent off you. I, to kind of put it in perspective, I was spending a fair whack of money with Jason with a few geckos and enclosures and stuff like that. And he's like, hey, you know, extra 50 bucks, I'll give you this Miss King system. And I was like, Never used one, I'll buy it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but after owning one, I'd quite happily I'd quite happily go and put my money for a brand new system and you know, yeah. having it having ever, experienced yeah. it, I would go, Yes, I definitely recommend Miss King systems over any other Missing yeah, system so yeah. out there. I was lucky I just got them straight away. So um yeah, I didn't really get stuck with anything else. So it's so worth it, that though. money. Yeah. The advanced kit's pretty expensive. Um, the advanced What's the, kit's what like... What's the difference though? Is it just like more nozzles and tubing? I think it's a lot more nozzles and stuff. Um, yeah. I'll just Google it then. Um, yeah, I think it's a bucket load more nozzles. Um, 12, uh, it's T-misting assemblies, three valve mistings. Maybe. Yeah, there's there's basically there's a heaps of nozzles in it, pretty much. Which I just is kind of handy. I just did a quick head count on that current room that I've got. I think I've got eleven individual nozzles running off that that system. So there's fifth. It looks like there's fifteen nozzles in the advanced one. Yeah, cool. And that comes with a pump, tube, uh, nozzles, all your other little like tube holder bits like these little plastic clips yep those um that you can get Hang from bunnings hold, hold that back up again oh that thing yeah so you can just what? screw them in hold your hold your tube and you just screw it together it's like a little little, little clamp pipe clamp 
Where are you screwing that to, though? I screwed that inside the PVC enclosure. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense in yeah. your your circumstance. Yeah, or I used to screw it around the wall to stop the tubes because I've just shaking. got like tim- timber walls to stop the tubes shaking. That is a downside. So if you guys have ever heard a Miss King system go off, you need to make sure everything's reasonably tight. Yeah. Even down to like where your pump is and where your pump's housed and stuff like that because, of course, if your pump starts shaking when it's turning on, it shakes everything after it as well. So yep. in the garage where I was before, I didn't bother tying anything down very tight and it used to sound like a, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it. It would just be like every time it was yeah, going it's like a, it's like a ticking almost because it's the pipe slapping on whatever or yeah, or whatnot. So. Especially when you've got like metal frames and stuff like that and like racking and stuff like that. If it's whacking yep. that, it gets pretty noisy. Um. Well, there you go, 389 for the starter kit. That's not too bad. In reality, how many nozzles is that? That's just one. One nozzle. Yeah. How much was the advance? 1,000 for 15. I mean, it depends on your circumstance. Obviously, yeah. you can buy the nozzle separately elsewhere, but, you know, they are like 25 bucks a nozzle or something like that, I think. I think they're about 40. 40. Jesus. Yeah. From memory. Well, thanks for the good deal, Jace, because that's um <laughs> I paid a lot less than that. Yeah. That yeah, there's an updated yeah, there's a couple of versions as well. There's the V five, which is the new pump. There's the older one, which is like the V four. Yep. Um, but yeah, the nozzles, yeah. I don't know. The problem is they're out of stock everywhere. That's that might just problem. be a supply issue at the moment with Everything going COVID, on. Yeah. yeah. It happened again last year when we kind of went through that first massive wave of it where yeah. a lot of stuff in the pet industry was out of stock because it's still same same old, same old. Everybody gets bored at home and they pick up new hobbies. Yeah, There's nothing, nothing right. wrong with that, but at the same no. time, it's, um, you know, puts a lot of stuff off the shelves pretty quick. Yeah, especially when, you know, you can't get the stuff in too. Exactly right. So, yeah, no, it's been very hard to get a few things at work at the moment. Yeah. Very, very hard. So, um, yeah, well, the nozzles seem to be in stock. And, like, some of the parts and stuff like that. Oh, what's that? The jewel one. A double nozzle. 60. 60. The normal single nozzles are 46. So I've got two of those double nozzles in that Boyd's enclosure. Yeah, you can buy all the pieces and make them. If you've got a single nozzle, you can yeah. pull the nozzle apart and make the double just with tube and a yeah. T-piece. Well, that's what I did when I got those. I don't even know how many extras I got off you, another 10 or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's what I did is I, I just pulled them all apart and made up a couple of doubles to go into there. Yeah. Um, that enclosure needs it though because being such a big enclosure. You I've really got one in each corner. Like one in each corner facing in. I'm thinking of getting rid of the ones in each corner and just having a double in the middle facing out. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. See, I, I just went with the two, two doubles. Yep. But I want to play around with my timing on the timer a bit. So at the moment, I'm pumping one minute worth of water into the tanks yeah, I've a got day. Forty-five seconds. So yeah. almost a minute. I want to. But back I'm thinking of maybe if I don't, or maybe even doing leaving the two in the corner. But then having one go down the side and having one low, yeah, just the, the mist doesn't paste. quite get the 
plant-based. I always water the plant-based just with the, the spray bottle. Yep. Um, but that'll just help keep it a little bit more more moist down there. So. I suppose that's something to take into consideration too is obviously your enclosure size, right? So for yeah. for a Miss King to be into little enclosures like your 30, 30, 45 exoterras and, you know, even up to your, what, 60, 45, 45 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like one nozzle in there running 45 seconds to a minute a day, that's probably enough to water your plants. Yeah. But as soon as you go into a bigger enclosure like what Jason and I are running for our boys, it's more just to bump up the humidity and give a few water droplets to the animals. Yeah, that's Whereas right. you will, you still will need to hit it um, with a Some spray bottle. Of, yeah, just to water the plants and so on. But um, I've, yeah, but yeah, with the I never really watered my plants in all my leaf tail enclosures, and I just had the Miss Kings in there, and yeah, that watered the plants enough. So the only other tank that I actually do it to occasionally is my prickly forest skink enclosure. I find that thing yep. just needs to suck up water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. Like I've got a tiny water bowl in there, but I don't even fill it up half the time. I think I just rely on the mist king to moisten a few things down in there for the, the skink to actually drink off. Well, my leaf towels never, ever, ever went to the water bowl. It's, as soon as the mist king come on, they drink off the leaves. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. I think it just makes you feel better to know that there's a water bowl yeah. in there. You've done that yeah. at least. But yeah. Yeah. I'd always change the water every week, put the water bowl in there. And then basically, as soon as the mist can go on, you could see, I think I've got a video on my Instagram of a salbrosis drinking off the um, f- um, fern, yeah. Uh, Bird's nest fern. So. Do you ever just do like in those sorts of enclosures, did you ever just like fill up the water bowls but do like the old flood technique where you just kind of like flood the water bowl or whatever? So you fill up the water bowl but you let whatever's flushed out of it just go into the soil and then that kind of counts as the plant watering? Yeah, I'd always just tip whatever was in it out and just fill it up, overfill it, just yep. let it go everywhere and then, yeah, that was kind of it. Yeah. Because I just walk around and just give them a quick clean and then – but I had a bun- I bought a bunch of off eBay of like the same water bowl, like a small one. Yeah, just take the dirty ones out and just fill up a new one, dip it in, wash the other ones. It's kind of like a quick little pull it out, tip the water in, put a new one in, fill it up. And then I had all the dirty ones and I clean all the dirty ones. That's uh, something that I was thinking about the other day, actually. I was like, I don't even know where I'm going to clean all my water bowls and that, but my laundry is actually pretty pretty decent size and it's actually got a really big laundry sink in it which i was like i can't believe i didn't even think about this because i'm so used to just walking around the side of the house and just blasting everything with the hose garden hose yeah yeah and you know i can just let stuff fly all over the lawn or whatever it doesn't matter it's all going to be be food at the for the lawn at the end of the day but yeah no i'm stoked that i've got a pretty decent laundry sink there that at least i can take a bucket of water bowls out and give them a good scrub or whatever yeah no that'll be nice and handy so Anyway, looking forward to the day where I can actually have you come around and have a beer and just oh yeah, be unreal. Chill out, get out of this lockdown. This is doing yeah. Oh well, yeah. What do you do? Yeah, that's right. Oh, dude, I was listening back to Ross's episode actually yesterday and this morning. Yep. And I was just like, oh, even just after like listening back to it again, I'm like, I'm so stinging to get out of here. You know, like. Even, I was actually going to put this to you. We'll do it on here so everyone can listen anyway. Um, even if we can't get out of New South Wales, you know, in 
a few months' time, six months' time or whatever it ends up being. Even if we were to do like a Western New South Wales trip or something like that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And just go for a drive just out something. west. something. Yeah. Go and see some red dirt. Yeah, exactly. Just anything. Just find – I'd be happy if I just found one thing. That's it. We're bound to find something. Yeah. Something yeah. I haven't seen before because like obviously I never really hurt much. So, any trip I find one thing, it's always something new for me. Yeah. So, like, oh, dude, yeah. I was aimlessly walking around Alice Springs and West McDonald Ranges and stuff, and I still stumbled across a few things people got excited about. Yeah. I didn't ID so, them right, but they got excited about them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, when it comes to IDing some of those brown snakes and stuff, like, I'm not to brown snake, but I couldn't tell you what type of brown snake it was. Oh, the thing I got pulled up on, what was it? It was a, um, Shit, I can't even remember what it was. It was some sort of like little rock skink. Yeah. I, I thought I ID'd it as something, but it ended up being something like a little, actually quite a bit rarer than that. Yeah, right. Everyone, everyone was like in the skink community going, oh, you bloody stumbled across a whatever it was. It was like a margarita or something like that. I can't remember what it was. It's in one of my yep. videos. And I thought, funny. It was, I thought it was something, but everyone got way more excited about it than I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, I'm just keen, just keen to get out. So I might have to. Um, oh, God, I keep forgetting. I've got to send that guy a message again about the um, flash diffuser. So oh yeah, I can get all that all sorted that way. I've got everything else. Just need a diffuser. I've got the lenses. I've got everything else. I want to have a bit more practice on the camera now. Like after after have the a crack of mine. Huh? Have a go at mine. I've have you got, got two one? cameras here? Do you? Yeah. There you go. How good's that? I've got a couple of Nikons sitting here. I don't have a macro though. So you don't necessarily need a macro. I've got one one lens that I think is like a eighteen to it's like an eighteen to seventy. Yep. So I find that that one I personally like that pretty good because you can still get a reasonable wide angle on it. Yeah, eighteen's pretty wide. Yeah. What Nikon have you got? Uh, so I've got a a D seventy two hundred and a D thirty six hundred. Yep, so they're both crop sensors as well. So, yeah, it's a little bit more. Uh, you probably wouldn't know. You wouldn't know if your lenses are um, DX or I think that is a DX lens. So it's like a 18. I, oh, I can't remember now. If you use a full-frame lens on your crop sensor camera, your 16 mil isn't actually 16 mil. It's a bit more cropped in. Like it's like it's a bit more zoomed in. I think it's like 1.6 times. Is it 1.6? I can't remember. But yeah, so basically your crop sensor is a bit more zoomed in than your full frame sensor. Yeah, okay. So it's a little bit more zoomed in, basically, yep. pretty much. But um, that's yeah, that's still plenty wide enough. Yeah, I, find, I, I took the seventy two hundred with me to um, to Alice and stuff, and I found that like I took a few shots of an MEA and Stimmy and stuff like that, and a few other bits yeah. and pieces getting around, and it was good fun cracking it out. But yeah. I don't know. It'd be nice to do it with somebody else that actually cared about it as well. well the good so. thing is I've got a Nikon, so you can um, – I've got all full-frame lenses. So basically, yeah, my lenses will fit on your camera. Easy. But yours won't fit on mine if they're the DX. But doesn't I've matter. Got, it. Yeah, because I've got a 16 to 35, which is a wide angle, and I've got a uh, 24 to 70 mm-hmm. and a 70 to 200. And I've got a, got a 14 mil wide angle as well. That's just more for astro stuff. Yeah. Um, 
What else? I think I've got a 50 mil prime somewhere as well. But that, I think that's all I've got. So I've got I've got pretty much all the lengths covered. So I did. I do have a little diffuser. What what is it? Uh, so I got like a. I don't know the technical terms for this sort of shit, but I've got like a a, a flash that actually mounts on top of the camera. Yep. Oh, like a, your speed light. Yeah, with like a little diffuser thing on top of that as well. So that's that's reasonably handy. I don't have any sort of like external flashes or anything like that, but yep. I figured it was enough to kind of get me going at least. Oh, so you've got the have you got one that you put on the camera or is yeah. it one built into the camera? Yeah, okay. Yeah, one on top of it as well that you've got to power on and power up with yeah. batteries and stuff like that. So. Yeah, no, that's all you need. Yeah, it's a little bit so. more punch than the onboard one with the camera. Yeah, they're, they're useless, those onboard ones. So, Yeah. Not that so, you yeah, can tell any different those, from any of my photos. No, that's right. Yeah, dude, I, I like invested big time. So I went, oh, that's awesome. Is that you? Yeah, I, yeah, I can't really say it's a bit blown out. No, that, you can see the stars and stuff like that swirling yeah. around the earth there. So that's pretty cool. That's when I used to um, actually get out and take photos. <laughs> I fell in love with with taking photos and stuff. Oh, that's awesome! It's a bit hard to see. Are you, no, Jeff, I, you, are you, I don't know if I'm following that. that they're person. on my actual Instagram, my personal one. It's not yeah. really personal, but yeah. I'll have to so. send me a screenshot of that so I can actually follow you on there. Um, I'll just yeah, I'll tag you. Yeah, so I went to went to Africa for my honeymoon, and my wife took her. She's got a Canon. Yep. And like, on every safari truck that we got on, there was like all these dudes with like massive six hundred mil lenses and stuff like that, just getting these killer shots of like leopards in trees and stuff like that. Yes. Like, yeah. I was sitting there having some pl- playing around with her camera and stuff, and I actually did get quite a few good shots on it. And I was like, oh, I need to get my own camera when I get back because we were just fighting over her camera the whole time. Yeah. And then yeah, I started out with the D thirty six thirty six hundred or whatever it was is, which is really good because it's light, it's compact. Yeah, you can just kind of throw it around and it's super tiny. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my trash about camera, if you want to call it that. But yeah, the the, the D seventy two hundred that's quite a nice, nice. Heavy yeah, camera. no, it's a good camera because I started with the D ninety, and then went to I think the D seventy two hundred was like the predecessor of the D ninety, but then I went to a D eight hundred after that. And then I've still got the day at hundred. So um, I will we'd definitely have to get out and have some fun now. This is even worse. Like yeah. I knew you were into photography, but now I might actually learn something too. Because like my hurt mates that I go with, they're great. But you know, at the same time, you, you don't want to be sitting there bugging them, going, "Hey, what, what do I do with this?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to learn I mean, I just have to work out the flashes and stuff like that because that wasn't usually anything I did. But um, that's the hardest part yeah. I find is with the night photography. Is the flash, yeah. I mean, yeah, once you find settings, yeah. Once you find it, that's usually if you're using the flash, it's almost depending if you're a little bit earlier in the night, it's generally almost the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the same with everything, really. You have your kind of your go to settings for different light light and stuff. So, I mean, everyone might be different. There might be people that have changed it 24 7, but yeah. What you, what you can do in post processing now, though, like it's. Yeah, I mean, you could always do it. Even back on the film days, you could do the same stuff in film you can do now. Um, but yeah, you can basically if you looked at a lot of the landscape photography pictures you see, and you saw the yep. start and the end of the picture, you'd be like, they'd look completely different. But yep. 
it's hard to try and what you see with your eye, it's hard to try and actually get that in one shot and still keep all your highlights in the right thing, all your shadows in the right area. Like you physically can't do it. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to try and take the shot in the right, you know, so it doesn't blow out your highlights or you haven't got your two dark shadows and then edit it. So basically you get it to what it looked like. Some people go over, but I mean, that's, you know, it's also art at the end of the day too. Like that, that start one I showed you before, that's, that's only a small star trail. That's 46 images stacked together. Yeah. So it's 46, 30 second images stacked together just to get that, the spin of the stars. I would have liked to have done more. I had to delete a bunch out because I had heaps of planes flying through as well. Yeah. So I think I actually took like a hundred and something, but I could only use 46 of them because of the amount of planes that flew through. Huh. So. You've definitely got some killer shots on here, dude. But yeah, so just obviously that's all time too, so. Yeah. How well, mate? What do you reckon? That's it. I can wrap it up, eh? I'm going to hit that. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty knackered too, especially yeah. since we've spent all night drinking. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you had bloody margaritas and scott or whiskey, so. <sighs> it's been I was a good so one. close to pouring a whiskey, but that's for sure. But I was like, no, I've already had a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Can't oh, go man. back on it now. No, nah, uh, nah. like I said, I had some wine with dinner and that. We have because I used to get wine delivered to the house. Like yeah. I order, order it online every, every couple of months once we run out. And I ordered it last week. And it hasn't come yet. Usually it comes like two days later but because everyone's buying everything online for COVID. It hasn't come yet. And we only had a Magnum in there. So it's a 1.5 litre bottle <laughs> of wine. And I was like, oh. She goes, oh, we've got no wine. I said, i just open that one because she was making um, ragu. So yep. she put like a fair bit of wine in the ragu. We had some wine with dinner. And then, well, she's going to make lasagna tomorrow night, put some wine in the lasagna and we'll have another couple of glasses then. So basically it doesn't go to waste. Yeah. But yeah, that was a good drop though. So I didn't want to go from beer, wine to tea to whiskey. So I thought I'd just do the beer, wine, and the yeah, tea. Yeah, that's, that's a big change. That's a big change. At least a margarita to a whiskey is not too bad. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of make cocktails out of whiskey. So still can't you know. believe she did that though. She's like, oh, we're having burritos for dinner. I'll just order that. Like, I don't even know what the company, the company's only like a, a suburb over or something like that, but they're just doing like. Delivery, delivery cocktails basically to people's <laughs> houses. Like, hey, why not capitalize on the on the lockdown if you can do it and like you've got a business and it's why not? Oh, like, dude, she spent like sixty, almost seventy dollars on three margaritas. But you'd spend that if you went out and drank a margarita anyway. Yeah, you would. You would. You would. Like if but you go like, to a club in Sydney. Oh yeah, you could have, but at the same time, you know. Supporting a, a local well. business as That's well, right. you know, like it's just kind of keeping the economy afloat. Like I remember I had a beer one day with one of the boys after work. It was for like a long weekend and there was a pub. We were right in the city. It was one of those like Hofbrau house or something. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you get the first shot, I get the second one. I was like, yeah, yeah no worries. And he goes up and he orders, comes down. We got, he got two steins. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. And I might tell you how much it was. It was like $56. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, thanks, man. <laughs> so I paid for the first one. And then he was like, oh, I don't think I can have any more. I'm like, yeah, I bet you can't. And now it's yours. <laughs> Good timing. So, yeah. But well, let's wrap it up, eh? Otherwise, we'll keep waffling on. We'll just keep talking shit. Yeah. All right, guys, we'd like to say thanks to Eric and Owen and the rest of the NPR crew for having us. If you'd like to contact them, it's best to find them at moreliapythonradio.com and email them at info at moreliapythonradio.com. 
As far as contacting us and our social media platforms, you can email us at australianherptoculture at gmail.com. You can also find us at Facebook and Instagram as well. To see more of what Jason is doing, make sure to follow him on Facebook and Instagram at The Gecko Effect. For myself, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and Teespring under Beach of Scally Beasts. We hope to have you back next week for another episode of Australian Hope to Culture Podcast. Good night, guys. Good night.